0: 26. This passage, this is my third week, I believe, in, in this. And it's kind of like a good steak. You don't want to just bite it once and swallow. You just want to chew it and get the, the good stuff out of it. Luke 1:26. If you're there, say amen. Guys with the cameras, go ahead and start scanning the crowd for those that didn't bring a Bible and didn't bring something to write with. You know what? Just food for thought. If I thought God might speak to me, God, not Pastor John, but God, I think I ought to write that down. If God speaks to me, I ought to write it down because you're going to be tested on it. Trust me. Would you all stand with me this morning for the reading of God's Word? Luke one twenty six? And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, you have found favor with God. And behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and he shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. And then Mary said unto the angel, How can this be, seeing that I've never been with a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost will come upon you, and the power of the Highest will overshadow you. And this holy thing which will be born of you shall be called the Son of God. And behold, your cousin Elizabeth... She is also conceived in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing, nothing, no thing, nothing shall be impossible. Not too long ago in my study, I felt the Lord whisper to me, he said, What part of nothing don't you understand? No thing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. And the angel left her. You may be seated. One more verse I'm just going to read to you out of Isaiah 9. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts, listen, will perform it. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform that which He has promised. And they shall call His name Wonderful. In the Greek that means miracle. Not that He gives miracle, gives miracles, which He does. He is miraculous. He is all-powerful. The thing that keeps us from receiving is our lack of expectation and our lack of faith. In the modern charismatic uh, last two decades, we have reduced faith to formulas. If you buy my seven CD set and you learn how to get your miracle from God, step one, step two, step three, and you get it. No. There are no formulas in the Word of God, but listen to your pastor. There are patterns And if you study the patterns and you understand it's not that God is obligated to do for you what He did for someone else, but He honors faith. He honors expectation. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. If receiving miracles were easy, more people would have them. And I'm not preaching this morning at an angle of how to get what you want from God, but I want to know Him. Not only in the fellowship of his sufferings, but I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. I want things to happen in my life where other people look and say, he's been with the Lord. Because what comes from him is his essence. And if he said, they shall call his name miracle, then I ought to be looking for, not demanding, looking for miracles to come from him who is miraculous. Hoping for miracles changes our DNA. Miracles, the word miracle means something that cannot come to pass without divine intervention. Paying your light bill is not a miracle. Miracle means that God steps from where He is into where you are and decrees something. And the zeal of the Lord shall perform it. I preached a couple months ago, blessed is she that believeth, for the Lord will reward her and bring to pass the thing He's promised her. This is not in the Bible, but it's a a good quote. It applies to many Christians today. Blessed is the man that expects nothing from the Lord, for he shall not be disappointed. Saying I believe in miracles is easy. But to stand and say, I believe for mine, that makes you vulnerable. What if God doesn't do it? Then I look like a fool. It makes me vulnerable. It also catches the eye of God. And all through the New Testament, those things were written aforetime for your learning that you would understand the things available to you. God would see someone. He said, I have not seen that much faith in all of Israel. And it didn't matter what they were believing for. He said, be it unto you. Women received their dead back to life because they believed. Dead people don't come back to life. It would have to be a miracle. Virgins don't have babies. It would have to be a miracle. Seas don't open for the Israelites to walk through. It would have to be a miracle. And by the way, this isn't part of my sermon. It's just free. Pacing at the Red Sea doesn't help it open any. God wants to bring us into places and does bring us into places where if He doesn't help us, there is no help. And that's when He tells you this. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Anybody can dance after the sea opens. I'm asking you, do you dance before it opens? I'm asking you, do you dance before it opens? So this morning, in that context, so we're balanced, I want to talk to you about your miracle. And I don't know what your miracle is. I don't know what it is you need but only God can do it. You are a prime candidate. God's power is like water. It flows to the lowest place. It makes you know, y'all ever had a leak in the basement and it'll just be in one corner of the house because water finds its way to the lowest place. And I've learned that when I am at my lowest, more power is available because it just flows that way. Jesus said it this way, he said, the, the, those that are well don't need a physician. But those that are sick need a physician. Or you could say, those without help are the ones that need help. Those that have no way out need a way out. And I want to talk to you this morning by the grace of God on if it's your miracle. Now for those of you that know me, you see I'm not in my suit today. I have people ask me sometimes, say, why do you preach in a suit every week? I said, because I look good in a suit. That's it. I look good. But your pastor's back is hurting, and you wear your little dress shoes, and you're up like this, and my back is hurting. I was up all night with the bug. And I'm not saying that to be a martyr. I'm just telling you, I'm preaching out of weakness this morning, but I'm pregnant with this word. I had to get here, and I have to deliver it to you. So if I look a little pale, I am. You need to be more positive. I'm positive I'm pale. Um, (laughs) I've been up all night, long night. We won't go into details. Long night. All right. Y'all got your notes? You ready? Number one. If it's your miracle, it was God's idea. If it's your miracle, it was God's idea. God will make known to you in various ways what He wants to do for you. When the Lord opened this verse up to me years ago, it changed the way I prayed. I stopped trying to demand God and bombard heaven. And I just wanted to position myself and just confidently tell him what his word says. Listen to this. It is written in 1 Corinthians 2. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. You didn't read it in the Bible necessarily. You could have but i didn't see it ear didn't hear it but god will show you in various ways through study through prayer through a song through a card that you get in the mail says, i'm going to do this for you he reveals it unto you by his spirit and you are, you don't need to look for other people to hear what they didn't hear for your confirmation god reveals it unto you he'll tell you he said i'm bringing your baby home the one that says she don't believe in god no more she's an atheist and you just get that whisper one more and say, i'm bringing her home God reveals it unto you. It's His idea. Your miracle did not originate with you. Listen to this verse. Let me find my verse 4 first. It said that God grants us the desire of our heart. Does that mean He answers the desire or He gives us the desire? He grants us the desire of our heart. It's both. Your, your expectation, see the need might be natural, but your expectation from God Is God's gift to you. We don't operate towards God. We're like sheep. We walk away from God. He'll drop in your heart something and give you the desire so that you will believe to grant the desire. It's God's idea. It's not you assessing your situation saying it's what I need. It's God leading you into a place of need, putting in your heart the desire to look towards Him, expect and receive. It's God's idea. Even if it's something you've been praying for, it's God that gave you the desire It's when you choose God's pleasure that He chooses yours. We think that our needs and our wants originate with us. But it is God, listen, who knows each stage and step of our life. And He has gone before us preparing the answer before there ever was a question. Oh, I love that. So Abram, take your son, your only son Isaac, and go up to the top of this hill and offer him to the Lord. Papas, can you imagine this? Can you imagine taking your boy up a hill and he says, I see the, the fire and I see the wood and I see the ropes, but where's the sacrifice? And he said, the Lord will provide. And he's walking his boy up the hill. Papa, what did it look like when he looked into the eye of his son and tied him to a man-made altar and raised the knife? Follow me. And he saw in his son's eyes the understanding that his daddy was going to kill him. I cannot imagine it. But I know Abraham did it. Walked to the top of the hill, raised the knife, and God spoke from heaven, Don't do it! I know now that you wouldn't withhold anything from me. And he looked, and there just happened to be a ram caught in the thorns. I like to think of it this way. While God has you walking up one side of the mountain, He has the ram walking up the other side of the mountain. He's already prepared the answer before you ever had the question. I can prove it to you. Before you knew you needed a Savior, before the earth was created, He was the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. God's already planned for you. You're not creating a miracle out of your need. The miracle that you need was created before the need was created. God already knew what He was going to do. Do you remember when He asked Philip, and there were all these people, 5,000 men, not counting women and children, and men just don't gather together. We go where girls are. Except for promise keepers. If there's food or girls, we're there. So if you got 5,000 men, I would suggest to you there's at least 5,000 girls, maybe more, and children. And he said, how are we going to feed these people? Listen to what he said. But he said that to test him because he already knew what he was going to do. Just that. Did you know the Lord already knows what he was going to do in your life before you knew you had a need? So see, I don't have to convince him through my Bible knowledge and quoting three scriptures and standing toward the north and throwing a shawl over my head and wearing a beanie and doing all these things to move him. It's faith. It's saying, I believe that you are and you're a rewarder of those that diligently seek you. I hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered into my heart the things that you've prepared for me, but you're showing me those things. And if God has spoke something into your spirit, it was His idea. That's a miracle in and of itself. You start believing for things that are impossible. Impossible. If you're waiting on me to preach, I'm already preaching. So I'm I'm feeling it this morning. Since it's God's idea, it will most assuredly be accompanied with His power. Gabriel affirmed to Mary, that God's operative power would be working in her to accomplish His purposes. Since it's God's idea, it will happen on His schedule. Oh, I better stay there just a minute. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth a son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because we are sons, we cry out, Abba, Father. The fullness of time came, then Mary conceived. And we are frustrated because we're trying to get God to meet a need as if He didn't know what it was. Here's how we pray. Lord, if you don't come by Tuesday, forget the whole deal. Because, Lord, I need to tell you what happened today. We're updating Him and trying to get Him to do it now. The flesh always says now. Your flesh never wakes up and says, Oh, two weeks from today, I'd like cheese fries. The flesh, that boy looks at that girl and goes, Ooh, I'd like to get her number next year. And see, in our flesh, we try to get God to operate on our fleshly timetable of when we want companionship, when we want an obstacle to move, when we want a door to open, and we need to rest in the fact that God had a schedule. God has a schedule. It's His idea. God keeps His appointments. So you see, rest comes in the idea... That none of this is my idea. I just gotta play along. And every time he tells me something about my life, all I gotta say is, be it unto me. That is it. No wrestling. No, no working yourself up into lather. I remember I told the Lord one time, I said, I'm not eating till you answer. I almost died. <laughs> I almost died, people. I'm serious. I lost like 15 pounds. I'm smelling food on people. I remember walking through the mall and this guy walked by me and I'm like, that's J&L's. That's J&L's on that man. And they say, oh, after the third day, you won't be hungry. No, you're hallucinating. You're, you're hallucinating. And I'm dreaming about eating cheeseburgers and stuff. But we, we, try to, we try to get there in the flesh and it's a matter of revelation. Gabriel said, you're going to have a baby. And she had a question but not unbelief. How can it be? Oh, God's going to come on you. The power of the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you. It's all right. And you know what she said? A it. all right. King James says, be it unto me according to your word. You know what we'd say? Deal. Deal. So what part do you play? None. Believe. Just believe. What, what part did you play in your first birth? What part did you play in your second birth? What part have you played in any miracle? You're just there as a witness. The only part you play is when God reveals to you what He wants to do. You say, yes. See how freeing that is? I don't have to help God and tee it up. And, you know, instead of a little softball, put a beach ball on there. And give God a real big bat and position him. and say, okay, Lord. Now I've done everything, so it's easy for you to help me now. Who in here helps the Lord and it don't ever work? If it's God's idea, since it's God's plan revealed, it will be opposed by everything evil above and here on earth. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. You don't have to wrestle with God to make it happen, but you got to wrestle with the devil because he's going to oppose everything that God wants to do in your life. And listen to your pastor. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and violent people take it by force. There are people in this room sitting with their children that could not have children. And God whispered to them, said, you're going to be a mama. That's all she had was the word. I've told you this many times, but we have visitors here. And so I want to share. I was born a waterhead baby. And they said I would never live. Zero percent chance. Zero percent chance. And my father kept asking them, but what if he lives? Preacher, your, your boy will not live. Zero And they kept pressing, and this was an ongoing thing. He's going to die. It's zero, zero. And my dad said, but what if he lives? He said, he'll never have the mentality of a three-year-old. My daddy locked himself in the basement of a church for three days and called on the name of the Lord. And he got to the end, and he said, no no water, no food, no anything. He said, okay, God, here's the deal. I can't do anything. I can't do anything. And if you take him home, I'm going to preach your word the rest of my life with boldness. But if he lives, I want you to heal him. And God said, go pick him up, he's well. And I got news for you. I ain't smart, but I got it all over a three-year-old. All over a three-year-old. If my father had not believed, I would not have lived. Something is waiting on you to stand up and say, be it unto me just like you said. It's God's idea. See, I don't have to convince him if it was his idea. I don't have to convince him. When Kelly and I first got married, my wife is a very educated, independent, sharp woman. And they say, does that intimidate you? I said, no, I picked her. I'm the man up in here. That don't intimidate me. And I would get her gas. I would just take her car by myself or if we're together, I'd get her gas. And over and over she would say, I I can do that. And I'd say, well, of course you can do it. But if I don't get to do it, you would know that I was thinking about you. And once she realized it was not her idea, but it was mine, she's like, this is pretty cool. It's pretty. She told me the other day, she stopped to get gas. She goes, it dawned on me. It's like the first time in two years. You go, gas is high. <laughs> Here's what I, and please forgive me. Your pastor is just a simple, uneducated man. Stop thinking of miracles as something you've drummed up and you got to make happen. It's God's idea. It's God's idea. Number two, don't disqualify yourself. If it's your miracle, don't disqualify yourself. You cannot, cannot, cannot make a miracle happen, but you can stop one from happening. By a closed heart, you'll hear people come and kneel at the altar and pray and pray and pray for provision and get in the car and say, we'll never have nothing. And God hears that murmuring, just like He did with the Israelites and said, don't ever let them get into Canaan murmuring, even the sound of it, murmuring about what we don't have. See, I can't make God do it, but I can in my unbelief stop it and my complaining. You remember where Jesus would be in one city? It said, and he healed everybody. Listen to this. Please please stay with me. Everybody in the city, everybody that was sick and all all who were oppressed with the devil would cross over a little dirt road into another town and it said he did not do many mighty works because of unbelief except for healing a couple of people of little small stuff. So one city gets everybody healed. The other gets nothing. You can disqualify yourself from your miracle by unbelief and murmuring. Stop complaining. We all have something to complain about. My question to you is how's it working for you? Your spouse don't even come home. They work late every night. They work in him real late at the plant. No, he don't want to come home. <laughs> Your wife is like, you know, she builds herself up all day and he comes in the door. How was it? Grindstone. And she just feels all the air go out. Shh. Don't disqualify yourself by impurity. This miracle, not every miracle, but this miracle, had Mary given herself away before marriage she would not have been able to house Messiah because it had to be the pure bloodline. And listen to your pastor. I'm not browbeating you. There are some miracles that your wrong choices will disqualify you from. I'm not saying that to condemn you. It just means that we ought to live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. I don't want anything God doesn't want for me, but I want everything He's planned for me. And Mary was qualified in one sense that she was a virgin. Why did she have to be a virgin? Because the Old Testament prophecy said Jesus would be born of a virgin. Don't disqualify yourself by unbelief or by your words. She confessed it as already done. She said, be it unto me, just like you said. And don't disqualify yourself by trying to help. If she'd thrown that burden on Joseph. I don't know about the Lord doing it. We're going to have a baby and... You know, in the Old Testament, they would come to their husband and said, Give me children or I die. Don't put that weight on anybody else. Don't put it on your husband or your pastor or your parents. Walk the narrow path of isolation where it's just you and God. And when he he whispers to you in your quiet time, you're studying about Noah. You're not even thinking about it. And he whispers to you and said, Do you still believe I can do this for you? And you say, yes, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. Don't disqualify yourself. If it's your miracle, don't sabotage it. Number three, if it's your miracle, it's your miracle. Yours. The angel said, this shall be born of you. Last week I talked to you about being chosen. And being chosen of God not only requires things from you, but makes miraculous things available to you. Being chosen requires things from you, but it also makes miraculous things available to you. And I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning right here, but listen, when God asks something of you that He's not asking of other people, it may mean that He wants to give something to you not available to other people. That is good. Why don't, why you got me walking such a narrow pathway and these people do what they want, when they want, how they want? Because I have something for you not available to them. And specific pathways lead to specific destinations. I feel like God's just hemmed me in because he don't want you to miss it. I remember when he showed me that. I told the Lord one day, I said, I just don't have any options. He said, because if I gave them to you, you'd take them. I'm like, Yeah. And then I'd miss the thing in the pathway. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many go in thereat. Narrow is the way that leadeth to life. Not just eternal life, but abundant life. Narrow is the way that leads to life. And few. How many find it? Few. Because they wander off. If it's your miracle, it's your miracle. Pre-planned. When you prepare a meal, that means you're working on it. Before it's done, you take a paring knife, prepare, before, and that paring knife cuts that little bit out. And God's been carving and sculpting. And see, you just see peels and things and you don't know what he's doing. He said, I'm preparing this for you. I've pre-planned it. I'm preparing it for you. It's predestined. It's pre-existing. You remember when he told Jeremiah, he said, before you were born, I knew you. Okay, time out. I knew you. Not I thought about you. Think with me. I knew you. You can't know an idea. So what did he say? He said, I'd already made you. You just ain't come to life yet. And when I know that God had prepared a woman to rescue me. When God had prepared, knowing the sin of another young girl to several cities removed, he had prepared little girls for me that would absolutely steal my heart and use them to heal me before I ever knew I had a problem. See, this thing about miracles is not tough. It's about trust. It's about sitting down in confidence knowing that the Lord knoweth the way that I take. And I'm going to come through this with everything he's promised me if I will only believe. It's your miracle. Verily, verily, I say unto you whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto you've asked nothing in my name, but ask that your joy might be full. John 16, 24. If it's your miracle, then boldly and expectantly look to God for it. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Ask the Lord. And then leave it with the Lord. Here's what some of us do. Lord, I give it to you. It's yours. Praise the Lord. I give it to you. And the next day, let me borrow that for just a minute. Let me, let me work on it a little bit. Oh, Lord, I give it to you. If it's of the Lord, it's of the Lord. Waiting is the whitest flame in the life of the Christian. It's the hottest flame because we're powerless. But when you wait in faith... There's that expectancy. We're kind of like the kid in the back seat. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we? No. No. I will tell you when we get there. And we laugh because those children don't understand. And we're supposed to be childlike but not childish in our faith. God's going to bring it to pass. God's going to. If it's your miracle, it's your miracle. And no demon in hell can stop it. I don't, you don't have to believe with me. You don't have to agree with me. You don't have to like me. You don't have to approve of it. When God speaks over your life and says, I have planned 2015 to be a year of turnaround for you. It doesn't matter who thinks it, who feels it, who believes it. All you got to do is say, yes, yes. And people look at you and go, that ain't right. It ain't fair, is it, buddy? And I don't mean this being funny. There's something about me God likes. He likes me. He loves me. He enjoys me. And He planned my life. He knew the ups and the downs. And every time there was a down plan, He prepared an up to pull me out again. That ain't in no Bible. Bible. A righteous man will fall seven times, but watch him. He'll get back up again. Bible. So what did he do? He gives me strength. That's why the weak can step out like this and say, I am strong. Well, that's a lie. They weren't saying they're strong in them. They said, I'm strong because his spirit is in me. And the words spoken over me compensate for my weakness. Had someone tell me not too long ago, it happens often. They'll say, I want you to know I followed you during the dark years. And I was just so impressed. I said, stop, stop. I didn't make it through because of my character. I didn't make it through because of my will. I didn't make it through because of my disciplines. I made it through because he planned for me to come through. And so it is with you. If it's your miracle, it's your miracle. That's why your heart leaps when you see someone else with a similar miracle. Y'all ever went car shopping? You say, I'm, go- I'm gonna get a-, a Yukon, Yukon XL, and you're on car gurus and you punch it up and said, We found 7,000 cars that match your criteria. And you go, How do you even start? So you're looking, you're looking, you narrow it down to the color, you narrow it down to the interior, and don't go on Craigslist. Don't buy you no know, car on Craigslist. It'll say, Like new, 2011 with 700,000 miles. Like new, Anyway, that's as a side note. But have you noticed that when you start searching for a GMC, Yukon XL, Hutchinson Auto Mall, by the way. That's my buddy, Mike. When you start looking for that, you see them everywhere. And don't buy one because then you see them Everywhere, you start looking for a dog and you've never had a boxer puppy and the boxer puppies are the prettiest dogs, best dogs that ever were in the world, period. I've been a breeder. I don't want to hear otherwise. Boxers are the best. You see a boxer everywhere. You're driving down the road and you go, boxer, boxer. You go in the mall, boxer. You go by Petland, oh, boxers. You see it. Let me tell you about faith. When God puts in your heart that you're going to have a baby, you don't see other people and resent it. You see it and go, "Mm mm-hmm, seeing it everywhere I go. Confirmation, confirmation, confirmation. Your miracle doesn't discourage me. It lets me know that if I'm close enough to see it, I must be in the vicinity of it happening for me. It's your miracle. It's your miracle. If it's your miracle, it will happen. And no devil in hell can stop it. It will happen because it's connected to God's plan. It will happen... Even if there's nothing on the horizon that would validate your belief. It will happen even if others don't believe. If others oppose it, mock it, curse it, or try to kill it. It will happen. It will happen even if the variables are not present for it to come to be. In this story, if you just remember one thing, remember this. When a woman does not sleep with a man, she does not have the seed to have a baby. And so what God's saying in His Word is, even if the variables aren't there... Baby, I can do it. We want all the variables to be there. Like to have the right resume, and I need to know someone, and I need to network, and I need to get it in the hand. And there's these gaps where the variables aren't there. You don't need variables. You need to say, what did you say again? You're going to have a baby. Be it unto me according to your word. And that alone, God just transcends all the variables. God can skip variables. God just step over variables. It's a miracle. It's not a, just an answered prayer. Miracles are different than answered prayer. Miracles are the thumbprint of God's presence. Because it could not happen without Him. It will happen. Even if others tell you there's no room for it. I have waited all week to talk to you about this one point. Now, I hope you don't think I'm reading anything of the passage. I submit it to you humbly. So God told Mary she's going to have a baby. And her and Joseph, she's telling him, it's time. And then guys say the most stupid thing, are you sure? Yes, it's time. Guys tickle me there in the hospital room, and they're looking at the machine. He goes, here comes another contraction. Like she don't know, you know. So she said, it's time. And they go to the inn, and the innkeeper said, There's no room, okay? In the physical, there's no space. But some of you have heard people say in your life, there's no room in your life for your miracle. Listen, listen. The innkeeper was saying, it can't happen here. It can't happen now. And this is the kicker. And there is nothing I, man, can do to help you. What are your innkeepers saying to you? There's no room for what God has promised you in your life. Your season's passed. There's no room. There's no room for a child in your childless womb. There's no room for your healing. There's no room for your restoration. Man can't help you. That's what the innkeeper said. If I had a room, I'd give you a room. And when you get to the place where your miracle is about to come forth, you'll find out that people can't help you with nothing. Because God doesn't want you addicted to the help of man. We don't go to Egypt to get horses and chariots. We look unto God that made the horses. It's God alone. And you know you're close when they tell you there's no room for you. Man can't help you. Listen, there's no room for your reboot, for your start over. There's no room for your scars to heal. There's no room for your joy to come forth. There's no room... Oh, I don't know who this is for. There's no room for what God is doing inside of you. There's no room for that. There's no room for what you are carrying and for what is about to happen. And I know there's some of us today that have in our mind how it's going to happen. But it'll probably be very different from what we think. It may not be like others who have taken a similar path. And it might not be as easy as you hoped or as smooth as you would have liked. But I'm telling you today... That it's more glorious than you could have ever imagined. It's more fulfilling than you ever imagined. And while some are cursing you, others are waiting to celebrate with you. Again, I refer to several years ago when I was going through an impossible situation. I had people cursing me and telling me uh, that the reason this has happened to you is because God's finally judging you. Have you ever heard anybody tell you something? And it has merit in it because all of us fail, all of us sin, and we wonder, are the circumstances related to past failure? And they're just cursing me and cursing me. And there are those that despised Mary and didn't believe in all of these things. But I want to tell you that while they're cursing you, there is a group of people waiting to celebrate your miracle with you. Some didn't believe, but here come the shepherds. They said, we believe. And here come the wise men pouring gifts out. And God, while other people were cursing me, he was preparing other people to be in this service when Kelly and I exchanged vows on here on a surprise on a Sunday morning. And all these people celebrated me. Who is it? Don't raise your hand. There are people cursing you and telling you it'll never happen in your life. There's no room. And you don't understand that God's already putting up heavenly signs to draw people towards you that'll celebrate the good things God has planned for you. The good things God has planned for you. When um, Kelly and I were dating, the Lord gave me this verse in Psalms 126. It said, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like those that dreamed. We couldn't believe that that season finally ended. They went from being slaves to free overnight. And some of you have been in this place so long that you can't imagine joy. You can't imagine joy a miracle. You can't imagine deliverance or provision. But when, when God turns again to captivity, you're going to walk around like you're in a dream world. And you says, is this, is this really happening? On the inside of our wedding rings is Psalms 126. And it says, and people looked on and said, the Lord hath done great things for them. When the Lord changes it, when the miracle happens, people look on and go, that was the Lord. And the Lord has done great things for them. Mark, if you would come up for me. The Lord has done great things for them. It's your miracle. If it's your miracle, it has a name. I like what Drew said last week about it being common practice to name babies weeks after they were born to make sure they would live in biblical times because you don't want to name a baby and it die. But we as Christians, we name our miracles before they happen. And the name of your miracle is very significant When you speak out what you believe God is doing for you by name, there's power in that. That man leans over. You papas know what I'm talking about. You put your face up to the belly of your wife and you say, Hey, buddy. Hey. Hey, Daniel. Hey, Joshua. This is daddy. And I love you. I love you. He is calling his name and he don't even see him. Because he knows by her stomach that even if he can't see it, it's happening. And you know by your spirit. God has revealed it to your spirit. The things he's prepared for you, call it by name. I know that joy is coming. I know that healing is coming. I know that open doors are coming. I know provision is coming. I know that this bitterness is going to seep out of my life and God's going to fill me with joy again. I know it's coming. Speak to it. We named our babies before they were ever born, before we ever saw them. Kelly came in the room one day and she said, give me your hand. God, what do you call our babies? Because we had done the Google thing and you look at all the names that are popular and you go, why would somebody name the baby that? You know. And we come across Elizabeth, uh, Olivia. I'll start with Isabel. Isabel is a form of Elizabeth, which means the promise of God. And we felt that God had promised us a family. And Olivia, a derivative of Olivia is olive. And when you extend an olive branch to someone, it means I want to live at peace with you. And our two little girls was God's promise of peace for our family. He, had, he named them. And we were talking about Olivia and Isabel. And the day you got the call and they said, Miss Wood, your babies are being born. We hadn't told it. Anybody, not a living soul. she came come into the office and she said, John, it's happening. I said, it's happening. So I, I just kind of, all right, bye. So we got in the car and we drove to Atlanta and we scrubbed up and we walked in the room and they said, uh, come this way. Are you Mr. and Miss Wood? Yeah. Well, this is baby A and this is baby B. And my wife said, no, ma'am, this is Olivia. And this is Isabel. Because... We knew them before we knew them. Now we get to see them. And the thing God's promised you, you're going to hold it in your hands and tell people. Didn't I tell you? And they'll say, that's a miracle. Yeah. One final thing. There will be no mistaking your miracle when it comes to pass. For those of you today that are carrying your miracle inside of you, you may have to live uncomfortable for a while. You know how pregnant women can't get comfortable? They just roll, twit. Once you get close, it gets more uncomfortable. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you're thinking the, un- the uncomfortableness is just it. No, you're getting close. You may have to reduce your inner circle to just a few people that understand what God's doing in you, like Mary did. And you may have to endure great pain before and during delivery. But there will come a day where you hold your miracle in your hand just like the Lord promised. One quick story, and those of you that have been with me for 20 years, I'm sorry, you know, my, they're just my stories. I don't have any ones but mine. The Lord gave me a vision one day about six years ago of 40 acres burnt over. Just a burnover field. And it was lightly smoldering. And there was a Victorian house on the corner. I mean a vision. It's just one snapshot and I knew the whole detail. White porch wrapped all the way around it. The black shutters. Uh, the hanging baskets with the flowers just coming out of it. It was a small house. And the Lord said, this is the life I'm preparing for you. Now, I'm not going to erase this. It happened. That's what's lost. But if you'll let me, I'm going to do something so beautiful for you. (laughs) What? And you get to live in it. So is the field there? Absolutely. And there are certain days where the smoke of that comes, and I can smell it. But what he promised me, I wake up every morning to two little girls running down the hall screaming my name. I think I have a beautiful life. Wait, did you earn it? No. Did you pray it in? No. He planned it. It's your miracle. It's your miracle. It's your miracle. It's yours. It's yours. What's the Lord told you? Hath God spoken it? Won't he surely bring it to pass? God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. The things he's promised, he's going to do for you. He's going to do for you. So this year, may your miracle come to pass. It may be right around the corner. Believe. Because if you believe, anything is possible to him that believeth. Thus saith the Lord in his word. Would you give the Lord a hand this morning, would you? Right before we close... It won't take but two minutes. I want to talk to those of you that do not call yourself a Christian or you're away from the Lord. This miracle had something hidden inside of it too. It was not just the fulfillment of prophecy, but it was the interjecting of Christ into someone's life when they said yes. And for the Christian, the Bible says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. He not only gives His Son to virgins, He gives them to people like me that was a fornicator, a liar, a thief, self-centered, violent. Grace is the greatest miracle of all. And whosoever, it's the only miracle that you can activate at will. Whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord shall be saved and God forgives your sins and transfers you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son and I don't know where you are but this Christmas season isn't it time to go back home isn't it time to redo the first works over again isn't it time to accept the gift of grace you're a whosoever and if you call on the name of the Lord though your sins be as scarlet they'll be white as snow I know from experience. Would you stand with me this morning? Kelly, would you come up with me, darling? I'm going to have her pray, and then you got to sit down. we got a two-minute special thing for you. You're really going to enjoy it, but I want her to pray over you. And I want you to receive in your spirit this prayer.
1: you for the miracles, Lord God, that have long been on our hearts, Lord God, that you've confirmed today, Lord. I thank you for the new hope that you've given, that you've birthed in us today, for people hearing this for the very first time. I thank you, Lord God, for those who in this service heard something just profoundly miraculous for them, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God, for the day that it absolutely comes to pass, Lord God. Absolutely comes to pass Lord we just praise you And thank you Lord God For the miracle of who you are For the miracle Of coming to us in a way that we wouldn't Expect Lord God And I just ask and pray Lord God that these Things that you are birthing in us And through us Lord God the things that we Say yes to Lord God I just pray that more than anything That they would just shout your fame Throughout the earth Lord God that people would point to that thing and that that would point them to you, Lord. And we just bless you
0: and praise you today, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Would y'all give the Lord a shout of praise this morning? Thank you. you Maybe seated. You got time. You got, you're really going to enjoy this. I asked my buddy Mark. He's done this. Uh, For the last several years, Leanne orchestrated it and then Chad. But this is just a little small Christmas present, especially for you bah humbugs. I hope you really enjoy this.
2: Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. Have yourselves a merry little Christmas. Make the Yuletide day. From now on, our troubles will be miles away. in olden days happy golden days of yore faithful friends who are dear to us gather near to us once more through the years we all will be together if the Lord allows a shining star upon the highest power and have yourselves a merry little Christmas have yourself a merry little Christmas and have yourself a merry little Christmas Christmas.
0: Don't forget Christmas Eve. It's going to be like uh seven to seven thirty. We'll be done in our service. Have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. God bless you. We love you. Thank you. Dreaming of a white Christmas.